Welcome. To Arcade Audio. My name's Peyton. Come on over, cause we're still waiting. It's movie night, and we're both gay. It's hard to find a movie that way. Lucky for you, we found a few. It's queer movie night. Hi. Welcome to queer movie night. Oh, oh wait, wait. <laughs> Welcome to queer movie night. And I'm Peyton. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Welcome to queer movie night. Um, this week we are doing Velvet Gold Mine. Velvet gold mine. Um, nineteen ninety eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes, I chose this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why did um, you choose this this movie, Peyton? Um, I I have actually I have not seen it since um, college when I first saw it. I think a friend of mine, Stephen, showed it to me, and I just loved it so much. I thought it was like. I thought it was like probably one of the biggest like queer movies I had ever seen. And um, it's just like very magical. It's like very movie magic E, I think. And um, it has like a, an amazing cast. Um, and um, I just like walked away from it really um, feeling uh, kind of seen, I think, as like a queer person because it it sort of has like this um I don't know it's kind of, it's it's dark and gritty but it's also like kind of magical at the same time mm-hmm. um and I just thought it was like a really well done movie and I didn't know that Todd Haynes actually did it until recently um which makes sense because he's like a queer filmmaker um known for Carol um and some other films Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm surprised it's not like more well known. Um, it's kind of hard to find. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to find, and it's got um, like Tony Collette and um, Ewan McGregor, uh, Christian Bale, Jonathan Rice Myers, like really big names. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a good movie. Um, yeah. What did you think? Um. It, I was shocked I'd never heard of it and never seen yeah. it. Um, mostly based on the cast alone. Yeah. Because it's got a stucked cast. Wowza. Jesus. Yeah, that was yeah. a loud car. It was a motorcycle. motorcycle outside. It was a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cast is crazy. Todd, I mean, like, the fact that I did it, that I was like, how have I never seen this? Based on the cast, yeah. Todd Haynes... And that that combination alone. Also, yeah. Carter Burwell, who composed Carol, also did the music for this, which must mean that oh, Carter nice. and Todd worked together a lot. Um, okay, there's a great soundtrack for this movie. Great soundtrack. Yeah. So this movie and original is, songs too. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And um, John, are you an August Rush fan? Because that's the only thing I know Jonathan. That's from, what I, I know him from too. Rush. That's that's what I know him from too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, August Rush. Yeah, he's a he's a freaky looking dude. Very handsome, yeah. but he's got yeah. an intense look about him. Yeah. Um, 
but love him in August Rush. I mix uh, him up with like Walking Joaqu- Phoenix sometimes. I could I think. see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie is like, is it loosely based on David Bowie? But they're saying it's not David Bowie, but it obviously is David Bowie. So it's the characters are like sort of modeled after different um, Velvet Underground and like um, different, um, you know, pop rock people. Um, and the main character is or, or Jonathan. Um, what's his name in the movie? Brian Slade is heavily inspired by by David Bowie, but, um, and a couple other people. And actually on the Wikipedia, it says that the, he was a lot more like David Bowie, but David Bowie like got angry about that. And so like rose up a stink. And so they had to rewrite it. So it was less like David Bowie. Mm-hmm. I think but that, it was um, still obviously him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, um, he has like the, all the, alternate ego and and the the style and everything is very obviously inspired by David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Owen McGregor's character is sort of based off of Lou Reed. Uh-huh. I read that on Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, ever heard of it? Yes. Cool. So I'm not the um, only one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. Um, and I know Tony Collette's character is based off of... Uh, um, David Bowie's first wife. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's an American who puts on a fake British accent cuz she's lived <laughs> in in England for so long, honestly. Yeah. That's, that's totally something I would do. <laughs> I feel like and she's actually an Australian accent uh, actress. Right. So there's very many layers. <laughs> there is, yeah. I know. We just watched Mir- Also Eddie Eddie Izzard plays um the the um manager Mm-hmm. as well jerry no it's a big cast it big, is a big, big cast. cast um so just going into the plot real quick for people not familiar with this movie you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it um it is very reminiscent of um what's that really well that really big movie um citizen kane where it follows this character brian slade who um in the beginning of the movie has this concert. He's this big pop rock star and he stages his own death, um, which makes when people find out that he's not really dead, all his fans turn against him. And then the movie cuts to like 10 years later where this character Christian Bale is playing named Arthur was a big fan of Brian Slade. And um, he is now a reporter and he's assigned this basically retrospective to sort of, and also an investigation to, to find out whatever happened to Brian Slade, like what's he doing now? Um, and he, so he goes to, I think he's in America, but maybe he's in London. I can't remember, but he go he goes to sort of investigate and we get the story about how Brian Slade became famous Um basically the rise and fall of Brian Slade, but it's from a couple different narrators because he's invest he's, um, he's interviewing different people. So we're, we don't necessarily know if we're getting the true story, if we're just getting like their perspective on it, especially 
um, Tony Collette's character sort of hinted at being uh, an, a very unreliable narrator as to her portion, which takes up a, a big portion of the movie is her mm-hmm. perspective of it. Um, and so we sort of see this uh, Brian Slade character who started off in like a cabaret sort of club uh, kind of deal. Um, Arthur speaks with his first um manager who i can't remember what his name is but he like discovers him and then um his first manager cecil yeah cecil yeah um and then they he he tries to promote him and that doesn't go very well and while he's promoting him that's when um brian slade first meets Kurt Wilde, which is um, Ewan McGregor's character. Also, a thing I forgot about this movie is that we get to see full frontal Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That shocked me. (laughs) Is that real? I think so. I mean, it looked like it was real. I know. I was like, that's that's his (laughs) pee-pee. <laughs> uh, his like um, first performance that we see he like totally strips naked yeah um, and yeah. i mean like did he ever do it again it's wild seeing like in another movie so, i mean yeah I, don't think so. I think he's been like like we've seen his ass in like other movies but i think this is the only movie where he's like full frontal naked mm-hmm. which is kind um, of fun because it's like a queer movie I know. They were both so young, too. Everyone's so young in it. I was going to say that Christian, Christian Bale, Bale is, like, is very young. Yeah. Whoa, like, he's a little baby. Between in like it. newsies and, and now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this is not a new take, but my God, do I forget he's British every time he talks in his. Oh, is he really British? Accent. Yes, in real life. I didn't know. And when that. He, he won an Oscar a couple of years ago, and, and yeah. he was like, and thank you so much. And everybody was like, <laughs> what the I'm fuck? Joking. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for what? No, I don't know. Um, but it is shocking. It's like you don't. Yeah. He just doesn't have his British accent a lot. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Collette too. You forget she's Australian because she doesn't oh, use I her accent very. She often. always plays Americans all mm-hmm. like all the time. Maybe Nicole Kidman too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, except if anybody's watching Nine Perfect Strangers, she's. Trying her hand at a Russian accent, I think. <laughs> oh, I need to watch it now. You haven't watched it? Okay, I can tell Nikki is based on her reaction right now. I cannot. Yes. Okay, yes. I love it. We love it. It's so campy and ridiculous and like kind of stupid, but also it kind of knows it's stupid. And the it's cast so is fun. So good. I need to watch the it. The cast is unreal. But then also something really dark will come out of nowhere and you're like, whoa, that's the drama of it. Um, <laughs> the cast is is stellar. An yeah. insane cast. Um fuck. Love Nine Perfect Strangers. Literally I've been mm. like every person I talk to I'm like, have you seen it? <laughs> have you seen it? Yeah. I gotta start watching it now. You've got to start watching it. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and her accent is insane. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. It's oh God, insane. I gotta watch it now. I want to see her in something where she gets to do her Australian accent because I Nicole? love her. Yeah, I love her regular <laughs> accent. It's so, oh, Nicole. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was watching. Um, I love to watch the actors on actors videos. And uh-huh, there's, uh-huh. there's one where she that she does with Amy Adams, and I watched it with Devin, 
And um, there's one part of it that me and Devin always like quote to each other. And it's like, she's like, I love you so much. And I want to do a movie where we play sisters. <laughs> um, that was really bad, but usually it's better. But, um, <laughs> like wait is that supposed to be australian yeah i was british so i love you i don't i can't do an australian yeah, i can't accent. do it right now nor, um, although it's a newer way no way <laughs> way <Norway. laughs> jennifer lopez i don't know <laughs> jennifer seven i don't know it's hard i'll stop <laughs> um so he sees uh, Kurt Wilde perform <laughs> and show everybody his pee pee. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, is... I went on a big side tangent. No, 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 you're good. You're good, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, Brian Slade is like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to do that kind of music. Um, and he does like another very um, Ziggy Stardust performance. And he meets this new manager, Jerry, who uh, basically wants to take him on and and make him a star, um, which he and that's where the old manager Cecil's perspective ends, um, and so Arthur moves on to his wife, played by Tony Collette, um, and gets her sort of perspective, and we see where um, where he sort of. Um, started meeting he met this one character who sort of um is like this mysterious character named jack fairy who sort of like seems to inspire all of the pop rock artists in this movie um and and that's sort of where he got gets his inspiration from and meets tony colette who is mandy um and they get married what are you looking at Jack Ferry. I was like, yeah. I couldn't picture it. And then I was like, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Um, oh, there's also this thing, like, in the beginning of the movie, you see this UFO come out of the sky, and then a baby is left on a doorstep, and the baby turns out to be Oscar Wilde. And, like, he has, like, this brooch, and, like, this brooch keeps appearing on different characters in the movie, and it's kind of insinuated that that has something to do with, like, their success or like them being part of like the pop rock movement. Um, it's interesting. I feel like somebody else who like actually knows about the velvet underground and, and this kind of movement would have much more interesting things to say about it. So I'm sorry that I'm the one summing it up. I was also going to say, I'm sorry to people who <laughs> love this or like who have knowledge on this because I yeah. don't at all. Yeah. Like this is a this is an area of music that I've just never yeah. never listened to. Yeah. It's good though. Sure. I mean, <laughs> you'd say David Bowie's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um just not not a world that I'm at all familiar with. For sure, for sure. Um so we get um we get their love story and how they got together and then um basically when Brian Slade starts getting famous, they, um, they say like, we're going to go to America. Like who's someone that you want to meet? And he's like, I want to meet, um, Kurt, Kurt, uh, wild. Um, and so Kurt seems to be down on his luck 
and like really drugged out and um, things like that. He's not doing as well as he was. And so Brian wants to collaborate with him and sort of start making records together. And so they start working together and it seems like they um, start a relationship which um, they get really close. And that, that seems to be like the main sort of love story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something happens where it seems like Brian's team thinks that Kurt is like, it's not really explicitly explored, but it's like Brian's team thinks that Kurt is holding him back. Um, so they sort of try to get rid of him. Um, and they have this really bad breakup. And then um, basically his wife says that like, when he faked his death, like she thought it was real because like nobody told her what happened. And they have this really bad divorce or I don't even know if they're really divorced. She brought him the papers and like, he was like drugged out and like. That part was really annoying to watch. Yeah. When he was like laughing at her and she was yeah, he was out. laughing at her and she was upset. Yeah, um, and so she they have like a really bad breaking up, and then that basically is like she's like I don't know where he is now. Like the last time I saw him was like at this concert. It was like the end of the the glitter pop rock movement, mm-hmm. um, and all throughout this, we find out that like Arthur, this was actually like a big part of Arthur's life. He was like a huge fan and he actually like appeared at a lot of these places. He was at that concert. He met Kurt Wilde. They actually like hooked up afterwards. He, he has this like whole journey with like following their careers where he is like a closeted teen who's like parents don't approve of him. And then he gets kicked out and, and he's sort of finding himself through this music um, and then he finds out that it's all of this is kind of like <laughs> it's not exactly really clear, but he finds out that Brian um Slade is actually this other rock star now named Tommy Stone, um but he looks totally different um and then he tries to follow up with that, but then he doesn't have any success. And he meets um, he meets Kurt Wilde one last time, and they sort of have a discussion um, about Brian. And then Kurt tries Kurt gives him the the brooch that they've been passing along, and then um, one of Brian Slade's song plays and the music. And the, and the story ends. So it's kind of, it's very like, um, it's kind of like a, like it seems like it's based off of a true story type of thing, but like there's a lot of fantasy elements and, and things like that. Um, and it's more, I don't know, it doesn't have like a strong like plot, like throw, like, like of what happens to the characters, but it's it's more like about the music and sort of like, the crash and burn of it, I guess. It's hard to explain. This one was a conundrum for yeah. me. I know I just yeah. said that word in the last episode. That we didn't just record right before this. <laughs> it's getting weird. Um, 
it's I wanted to like it more than I actually did. And yeah. I think it's just because I could not I did not give a fuck about any of them. I was oh, like I don't actually I Christian Bale's character, I Arthur, I felt for him. Yeah, I think that he was, like, supposed to be, like, the audience's, like, look into, like, the story. Which would make sense because we learn a lot about him and we see the scenes where he's, like, caught by his parents and stuff are very hard to watch and very sad. Um, And I thought he was great. But there, but, oh, God, Kurt and Brian drove me nuts, Peyton. Yeah. Specifically, (laughs) Brian, and I'm going to, and I don't think it's a character thing as much of an, actor thing and it's not and i like jonathan too but like mm-hmm. i feel like he i i was about halfway through the movie and i looked at kayla and i was like i think brian slade has said maybe three words this whole time yeah he doesn't say a lot he's it like, drives me crazy he because sings a lot but he doesn't speak a lot yeah as intense of a of a face that jonathan riss myers has mm-hmm. he never did anything fucking with it in this yeah. film yeah it's this the whole time <laughs> just like weird I'm, 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 I, I just made the same face the whole time, mm-hmm. knew nothing about him really. And then I was supposed to like care a lot. I was like, I don't, I don't know if it, it I mean, obviously it had to be a very specific choice for him to have little dialogue, but it just didn't work for me. It, it made me not care about him. Yeah. It, it made me care more about Tony Collette because like, yeah. when, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting that like the film seems to focus on him where like but like as much as people talk about him we never get his own perspective and we never understand like we don't really learn that much about him we yeah, learn a lot about more. sorry go ahead no you're good even care more about kurt than him yeah I, that's what i was about to say i feel like we learn a lot more about kurt than we do about um brian because uh, we find out that kurt um when his parents found out he was gay, he was sent in for like electroshock therapy. Like we, we follow like his career of like how he failed and then like came back and then he's just sort of been around. Um, And we get like more of an emotional journey for him. Like we, we really don't know that much about Brian, which is kind of interesting that like, he's the focus of the film. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wonder if that has something to do with like, like if the movie's trying to say something about like personas and like putting up like a a public front, but like hiding like who you really are. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering how much of that was affected by like them having to rewrite it. So it was like less like David Bowie. Oh, um, that could, yeah. But I don't know. Um, Good point. But yeah, I they, gonna, think, they just took all of his personality and story away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I think re- revisiting this movie, I still enjoyed watching it. But I think that, like, for me, I more enjoyed it because of the aesthetic and, like, what I uh, something that I really like about the movie is like the imagery of like young boys like really finding themselves at a very early age Mm -hmm. and like being influenced by like this sort of like magical fantasy world that sort of like lets them be whoever they want to be um and I thought that that was a a very interesting part and I think more than the story and the characters I'm just like 
fascinated by this world that's created in the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I think I do really, as much as I don't really like Christian Bale that much, I'm, I, I do follow his character and like feel the most for his character probably in the film than anybody else. Totally and I, agree. And that's yeah, and exactly the experience I had. Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of like the film is like, we might not know much about like these stars and like what their life was like, but the important thing about them is that like how they influenced their fans and like, and like really helped them to find who they were and that kind of thing. So it is interesting, like from a story point, it's hard to sympathize with like the quote unquote main character. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I would say it is convoluted and it's kind of messy. Um, and maybe a reason why this film isn't um, as well known as other ones, but um, yeah, it's but it was still really well made and well acted. Yeah, yeah, like it, it was. You could, I mean, even for for nineteen ninety eight, like this was a really well made queer film where the yeah. story was only about queer people. Yeah, I mean, like it, with the exception of Tony Collette, but it's still like her relationship <laughs> too. Tony Collette was person. still Tony Collette was still queer too. That's she, right, she was. Yeah, they both, they, um... Bada bing. Yeah, oh, I love when, I love when there's, like, they're having, like, the orgy, and this woman comes, and she's like, finally, a woman! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in one of the, like, in, uh, when Brian's first getting famous, he has the interview, and he's like, he's like, I, I identify as bisexual, and they're like, why aren't you happily married? And he was like, he was like, we both are the same way, and that's we both right. enjoy it. At yeah, the press yeah. conference. Yeah. Um, that's right. So that's really fun. How could I forget that? How, forget? <laughs> um, How could you forget? Um, yeah. And I think that's another part of this movie that I really enjoyed is that even though we have like that one story point about the parents being um, really not accepting of Arthur, um, there's just like from the beginning of the movie, it's just so queer. Like it's so. Like, even if they don't explicitly say that, like, these characters are queer, like, just everything about it is so queer. Like, the the music, the, the, um, the lighting, like, the colors, like, the costumes. There's just, and the, this Jack Ferry character who keeps appearing, there's just, like, so much just queer energy. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But it just, it just is a feeling that, like, and and I think that that was really formative for me in that, like, there could be this big, sweeping, really well-done movie, like, in 1998 that was just spoke so much to me, um, just visually and, and tonally and everything. For um, sure. Yeah. I don't I, I feel like I lost my train of thought, but I don't know what I was going to say. No, I totally followed you. Also, yeah. I did want to say it did win an Oscar for Best Costume Design. Oh, wow. Nice. So it was like, it was recognized. I mean, yeah. like, but I, I, yeah, just, I think it was so impressive that it was made in 1998. Yeah. I mean, for for what the actual storyline is and that it was made and that they, I mean, maybe, maybe these, all of these actors weren't as much of A-list actors when this movie was made, but I mean, mm. it might've even catapulted their careers or yeah. like moved them along. Yeah. Um, yeah, really. And also it's, it's pretty cool seeing 
how far Carter Burwell has come as a director. With like, yeah. these are to- it's a totally different movie from Carol. I mean, like in every single way, the story, oh, the tone, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like the fact that this is basically a musical. Um, yeah, can you imagine if Carol was a musical? Flung. <laughs> 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 Lung from out of space. I could definitely see it being an opera for sure. I'm singing so low. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna pull up Todd Haynes, but I, I, the just how far his filmmaking has come in 20 years mm-hmm. is is a big deal. What else has yeah. he directed? That's what I'm pulling up right now. Far from heaven. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, but I know of it. I think that's kind of a queer film too. Oh, it he also is. Did a, he also did a movie before Julian this. Moore. Yeah. He also did a movie before this called um, Poison, which mm-hmm. is about like queer uh, killers. Oh. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Queer killers. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, another... what I think hell? like something I wanted to say was like, I feel like this film was queer in a way that, and I haven't seen it, but I just assume like that Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bohemian fucking Rhapsody. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I just, I just saw he, I've never seen this. Have you ever seen I'm not there? He no. made another movie musical oh, about yeah, Bob Dylan. About, about Bob Dylan, yeah, where different Starring people play Bob Dylan. Kate Blanchett, Christian Bale again, Heath Ledger, yeah. and Richard Gere. Yeah, and Ben Whishaw and Julianne Moore. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I do remember that movie coming out because like a bunch of different Dylan? people play Bob Dylan in it. I think. Oh, yeah. Michelle Williams, David Cross, Chris Christopherson. This is a wild cast. I've never seen this. I don't know. Okay, cool. Sorry. I just had to say that's that is a wildly stacked cast. That was from 2007. Yeah. Um Yeah. Oh god, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now you got that <laughs> starting around in my mind. <laughs> Honestly, such a such I had a I saw it in theaters and I had <laughs> like kind of had a good time. Mm-hmm. Especially in the last half hour, I know we're not here to talk about that movie because it has its problems. Um, <laughs> I wanted to like it more, you know what? And then Rocket Man came out, and I was like, "Good for Rocket Man." They actually yeah. showed man on man blinking. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I will say that they don't show as much gay sex as I would like in this movie. No, a lot of yeah. them just like laying around naked in like yeah. in a room where an orgy yeah. is happening, where you can yeah. presume that they're having sex, but they yeah. don't actually show anything. Yeah, but they do show. Um, but they do show you and Tony, little Tony and, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they do show Tony and um and Jonathan together. Very when true. They first get together. Um, I will say. That. Uh, we see Owen and Christian Bale hook up, and like in a long shot, you can see Owen like fucking him in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's a um, 1998 thing. Like they yeah, could only get a, the straight sex scene in. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I do kind of like that. Like it's less about the sex and more about the aesthetic. I do like a yeah. lot of the aesthetics in this movie, mm-hmm. and and the way that the story is told from other people's perspective. Like when we learn about this love story between um kurt and 
um, Brian, it's told like from two little girls in their room playing with Barbie dolls that look like them and like about mm-hmm. them being in love, which I think was such a fun touch. Um, it's just such an interesting um, movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It feels like a piece of art. It does. It does. Yeah. It's definitely like a, it seems like an art house sort of like mm-hmm. indie film, but like with a, I don't know. It seems like it has a big budget, but I don't know if it actually did have one. It felt like it. I mean, if yeah. it didn't, it was like a big, they did a great job. In, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to, I don't know. I feel like there were so many things I wanted to say about this, but now yeah. they've all left my mind. No. <laughs> Peyton, Peyton, no. Um, yeah, I just like, sure? I think I just like how, um, like, it just is like, they talk about bisexuality, they talk about like queerness and like homosexuality. And it doesn't seem like it's like coded in any way, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I know I keep bringing up the year that it was made, but I think that's yeah. also also a, a cool thing about the specific bisexual part of mm-hmm. of these characters and just like the fluidity in general. Yeah. I feel like biphobia is still a thing now. Yeah. Like of people just not understanding. Um, yeah. And it wasn't like a, well, he slept with a man, Brian Slade, so he must be gay. Like, yeah. no, it's like everybody was very fluid and very open with their sexuality. And, like, I feel like this had to be a, a, a lot of people's first experience, on not only watching, like, a film where no one is straight, mm-hmm. it, like, in a big-budget film where it, there's, like, four A-list actors starring in it, but then yeah. also um, it was it was, like, we are bisexual, this is not yeah a lie we're not just like like they are genuinely bisexual and yeah. they had relationships with everybody and yeah i don't know if i saw that in 1998 i would be like whoa what? yeah i think that's another thing about the movie that like really stuck with me and, and now that you just mentioned it, i really did like like really all four of the main characters are queer mm-hmm. and like queer identifying and there's something about it that's just very like only you would understand this. Like, it feels like a movie that's made for queer people, like Mm -hmm. not a queer movie that's made for straight people or made for everybody. Like, it feels like, like you live in this life so you understand like this perspective and you know what's going on. And I I really appreciate that. Even though I think all of the, the actors are in it are straight. Yeah, at least what's well, new? Yeah, <laughs> roll my eyes. That um, hasn't changed. No, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think it just gets that the feeling of being queer really right in mm-hmm. like the like, and especially for that time of like having to sneak around or like run outside of the house and sort of like dressing one way when you leave the house and then and then changing and like yeah. Like it being like this whole other like world um, outside of what regular life is. And I think that it's just like, I don't know that that there is like some sort of commentary of like this whole movement coming from outer space and like sort of being otherworldly. And I think that has to do more with like Ziggy Stardust and like the David Bowie um, influence, but it also kind of reads as like, 
that being a queer element to the story, which is arguably kind of murky, but I think it works in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I could say a bunch of different stuff. I just like, my brain is dead and I'm apologize to everyone. <laughs> um, You're doing a great job. Thanks. So are you. I love you and I appreciate hey, so you. Gosh, I'm vibing. I'm just vibing. My wife's making <laughs> homemade pico behind me. Ooh. That's what those those chopping sounds are. Yeah. <laughs> so we I'm love having a pretty good Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, if we don't have anything else to say, I think we can go ahead and and move on to our um, ratings. Um, Does it pass the Vito Russo test? Does it pass the Vito Russo test? <laughs> uh, the Vito Russo test is um, sort of a um, um, a gauge to see uh, a queer representation in film and follows three different rules. One is that the film has to have queer uh, identifying characters. This one does. Two, that the queer characters have personality traits other than being queer. As little personality as Brian does have, I would say he is layered enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) that he does have other personality traits and the other three characters are definitely layered and have a lot of um, different personality traits. Um, So I would say it passes that one. And third is that removing the characters from the film would um, change the plot significantly. All four of the, the main characters in the film identify as queer in some way. And so um, removing them from the plot would obviously change it. So I think this film passes. Um, mm-hmm. let's see, what six things are we going to rate this movie? I have two for? options for you. Yes. <laughs> six brooches or oh. six Ewan McGregor peepees. Oh, six Ewan McGregor <laughs> peepees. We have to. <laughs> How many penises? Um, <laughs> so shocking. So shocking to see, see penis in a movie. And it just never happens. It. He shakes it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it really an f- iconic performance. Yeah. <laughs> the singing in this movie, too. I wonder if Owen McGregor actually sang. Yeah. yeah. The Doi, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, the Doi. Great voice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Big Moulin Rouge fan here. Yeah. Whatever who isn't basic, basic girl, 30 year old girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> What was I going to say? I am in between, you know what? I'm going to give it a four and a half purely on personal, personal things. Because I think if I had personally liked it a little bit more, I would give, I would give it a five. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, I just had a hard time liking Brian Slade. Yeah. And I don't know if that was Todd Haynes's um, intention. I can't imagine that it was, but also I don't know. Well, it is interesting. Well, maybe. Because, I mean, like, he does do something really fucked up and, like, fakes his own death, so. Yeah. It is interesting because um, I think this movie is heavily inspired by um, Orson Welles' uh, Citizen Kane, which, mm-hmm. like, in Citizen Kane, that guy comes off as really awful, and, like, you don't really like him at all. So I can see the, that that sort of being, like, this sort of thing in this story but it is I don't know I do wish that the movie delved a little bit more into who he was and I think maybe that was part of his intention that you like never really know but now that you've brought it up I really do I just want to know more about him and like why he acted the way that he did yeah so I'm gonna go um, as a four and a half yeah 
Mostly for for personal reasons. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it five Ewan McGregor PPs. Yeah, <laughs> because I think it's um, a sexy film. I think that mm-hmm. that is there. There is that the tone, yeah, of the whole thing that it is. It is very sexy, and that is. Yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I think it's a good time. I think it's very queer. I think that you know I can't really think of any like as as dislikable as some of the things are about the characters. I didn't find any of it to be like they're bad because they're queer. Like, I didn't see any of it. Very good take. Like, I didn't, like, like, I've heard from some takes of, like, Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't think that, like, anybody behaved badly because they were part of the queer scene. I I felt all of the queerness to be, like, self-affirming and, like, for Arthur's character, very... um, you know, fulfilling and, um, and, and standing in his own power type of thing, empowering was the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I think that it paints a very, um, desirable, sexy, positive light on queerness and queer life. Um, and so I'm giving it a higher rating for that. Um, and also I think just personally, um, it's just like, because I came to it as a younger queer person. It was like one of the first queer movies I saw. I think personally, it has a special place in my heart because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that point. Yeah. Makes me want to change my writing to <laughs> No, I think you're good. I think you should keep it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so thank, I think everybody should watch it though and definitely let us know what you think. I would love to hear like people that know more about the Velvet Underground scene. Um, Todd Haynes actually did um, more recently make a documentary about the Velvet Underground, which um, I would be interested in seeing and seeing um, sort of if they talk about the influences that um, they took into making this film. Um, So definitely check that out. Um, Be sure to follow us at Queer Movie Night on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, subscribe to the podcast and rate us, leave us a message. Um, you can follow me at Peyton C. Lynch on Instagram and Twitter. Me, Deborah Duncan on Twitter and Deborah D. Bag on Instagram. And thank you for listening. We'll be back um, in a couple weeks. Um, I think maybe with a guest and a brand new movie. And, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.